Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we're going to continue in the fifth chapter of the book of Mark with verses 1 through 20. We were here last week, and Pastor Jim is going to park here in this passage for this week and one more in order to chew on various important lessons that we should take from these verses. Jesus encounters here the demon-possessed man as he gets out of the boat in the country of the Gerasenes. Now, we're not as familiar with the phenomenon of demon possession in our present time and culture, but they are still very real, and they are still at work opposing God and Christians. So, that being true, we would do well to know how they operate. Just as it's generally a good idea to study the opposing football team's strategies before you step onto the field with them. We'll take a deeper look at this encounter Jesus had with a legion of demons and what it means for us today as you follow along this week. Here is today's portion of the message entitled, Jesus' Power Over Demons, Part 2. That's not unusual for people who see a, a demonstration of supernatural power. Do you remember the night before this? The storm is raging and they come to Jesus and say, Don't you care that, that we're perishing? They were afraid of dying. And then Jesus calms the storm and then it says, And they became very afraid. When you see the finger of God flex anywhere near you, it's terrifying. I find it amusing that the text points out that those who had seen this incident kept describing to their friends what had happened. I can imagine there was plenty of doubting about the story when these guys first came running into town and said, you've got to see this. Oh, the pigs are gone. And this guy did this. I can see him saying, oh, yeah, were you drinking something out there? What was going on? And now they're all there, and the people who saw it must have been saying, see, those are those two guys from the tombs that we've been avoiding for years. See, those are your pigs bobbing around in the water down there below the cliff. We told you. And, and, and that guy, he's the one who made it all happen. Boy, if ever there was a demonstration of the power of Jesus Christ that you would think would lead people to faith and repentance, there was never a better situation than this. Oh, but read on. Look at verse 17. And they began to implore Him to leave their region. Luke gives an even fuller description. Apparently there was not one person from that surrounding area that pursued Christ that day. Luke's version, 837 of Luke. And all the people of the country of the Gerasenes and the surrounding district asked Him to leave them, for they were gripped with great fear. And He got into a boat and returned. Now we're going to come back to this passage. That's as far as I'm going to go uh, for now. But remember last time I said I'd been asked the question, 
if Jesus cast out demons then, who casts out demons now? And um, we're going to um, come back and finish answering that next time. But before we quit today, please make sure you don't go away leaving all of this in the category of what an interesting story from long ago. You know, there are a lot of people today who believe that the reason most people don't believe in Christ is that they haven't seen enough evidence in the form of miracles. And there are people going around trying to conjure up miracles and claim that things are miracles that, that aren't. The problem is never that there's not enough miracles. The problem is unbelief. The problem is voluntarily remaining in spiritual blindness even when the truth is in front of one's eyes. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4 says this, And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In other words, Paul's saying, there's no lack of clarity in what we preach. The veil is on the part of those who are perishing. In whose case the God of this world, Satan, has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Some people don't want to see the light for a very good reason. John 3, 19 and 20 puts it this way. This is the judgment that the light has come into the world and men loved the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. Why did those people want Jesus to leave? Because it made them really uncomfortable to be around pure holiness. The deeply ingrained unbelief of those people, it, it, it's hard for us to comprehend in light of what they saw, but what a testimony their reaction is to the total depravity of man. They were constantly afraid of the maniac among, among the tombs, but when they met the one who exercised the power to deliver the maniac, they were even more afraid of the deliverer. And they wanted him to go away. You see, you can be comfortable with Satan's influences around because he never makes any demands on you about your sin. Satan never confronts your idolatry. He's behind every idol there is. But in the presence of the holiness of Jesus, they just wanted him to go away. Often I've seen people who profess to follow Jesus, but they'll start to get involved in something and they'll, they'll stay away from the fellowship for weeks at a time. Why? Because when you're having genuine spirit-led fellowship among people, we provoke each other to love and good deeds. If you don't want to be put out, to exercise love toward other people. If you don't want to do good deeds for the glory of God, you won't want to be around people whose presence provokes you in that way. So often people will start down a path and they won't ask for advice. They won't talk to a Christian friend about it. They won't ask a pastor about it. They won't go search the Bible about it. Why? Because in their heart they know exactly what they're going to find out. 
It's a bad sign. Do you realize that with these people, there was one thing they wanted and one thing only? Get rid of this guy from the other side. Go away. There was no rejoicing on their part for the deliverance of the man who sat before them, clothed and in his right mind. To the people of that region, apparently, he meant nothing. He was just human trash. They didn't care at all about him. They didn't even, they didn't even go to the apostles and ask for the contact information for Jesus' liability insurance so they could get reparations for their pigs. They, they, all they cared about is get rid of that man. Make him go away. The grip of unbelief was so strong that's all they cared about. They cared about that more than the man who had terrorized them all those years. Now, through the Gospel of Mark, you're getting a good look at the evidence that Jesus is the Son of God. Mark told you he was going to present that in verse 1 of chapter 1. But what are you doing with it? After all the astounding demonstrations of who he is, you realize this isn't the end of the Gospel of Mark, Jesus topped off all of these demonstrations by going to the cross. And there, He took upon Himself the wrath of God that you and I deserve for your sin. He took the eternal punishment for those people who demanded that He get out of town. He did all of that so that you could be saved. Turning to Jesus Christ is what sets you free from the powers of darkness. That's what this is about. Turning to Christ is what causes you to have His righteousness credited to your account just as if you'd lived His perfect life because He took the punishment for you as if He had lived your sinful life. So please, don't leave this in the realm of Wow, that's an interesting story. What say you about Jesus? My friend, if there is anything in this world more important to you than knowing Jesus Christ and knowing Him better and growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, then that's the thing that you need to be delivered from today. That's the thing you need to turn from today. And Christ died so that you can. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this spectacular demonstration of the power of your Son over the forces of darkness. Thank you for it along with the rest of the story of his life and death. Now we pray that you will deliver us today from those things which we might have put in a, a place of misplaced priority in our lives. You know the needs of each heart today. Maybe there is even one or more that has for many years and many visits to church or to churches always thought about how interesting a character this Jesus is and not realizing how desperately they need Him. Meet the need of that heart, we pray. 
by drawing that one to faith and repentance today. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.